Welcome to part four in our series, How to Get Along with Anyone as Much as It Depends on You. In Jesus, God has given us a roadmap and a role model for healthy relationships. And so far, we've looked at being honoring, being encouraging, and being compassionate and comforting. In this session, we're exploring one of the most powerful relational practices of all, kindness. Back in 2008, I was in New York and I had the opportunity to experience the Twin Towers Visitor Center. And I, I say experience because that's exactly what happened as I was reminded afresh of what took place on that fateful day when thousands of Americans lost their life in the worst terrorist attack. I experienced anger, sadness, bewilderment, and despair. And as I walked out, I remember thinking to myself, what hope is there for the world when humanity would perpetrate such evil? And in that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit remind me of a verse from the New Testament, Romans 12, verse 21. Don't be overcome with evil, Paul writes, but overcome evil with good. It's easy and understandable, I guess, to be overcome and overwhelmed at times with all the things that are wrong in the world, in our world, in our lives. But darkness doesn't have to have the last word. Evil can be overcome, and it starts by making the daily decision to choose kindness and goodness. Kindness truly is a relationship superpower with an unstoppable ripple effect that is good for us, good for others, and good for our relationships. And so no wonder Paul writes in Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another. Here are three reasons why we need to grow in kindness. Firstly, kindness is good for other people. That's kind of obvious, right? Like if you do something kind for someone, then clearly that will have a positive impact on their lives. Although note, research shows that the positive impact will only be achieved providing the recipient feels you genuinely wanted to be kind to them and there's no expectation of reciprocation. Authentic kindness gives without expecting anything in return. There's a great verse in Philemon 1 verse 7, which says, Your love has given me much joy and comfort, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. This word refresh literally means to give rest, to give relief, to lift the load. An act of kindness really does bring incredible benefits to the recipient, recipient when it's genuinely given. It boosts joy, comfort, strength and hope, as well as reducing stress, anxiety and isolation. There's even growing evidence that the more someone receives a kindness, the more they recognize the importance of being kind to themselves. When you value people through acts of kindness, they grow in valuing themselves. But kindness isn't just good for the well-being of other people. Kindness to others is one of the most positive and powerful influences on our own well-being. Of course, we enjoy the satisfaction that we brought joy, comfort, happiness and strength to someone else. But it's much more than that. Being kind is physiologically good for you. Welcome to what psychologists call the helper's high. Neuroscience has discovered three hormones which are affectionately called the happiness trifecta, dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. 
When we're kind and generous towards other people, all three of these hormones are released, giving us a healthy well-being boost, as well as combating the effects of the often unwelcome stress hormone, cortisol. That's a recipe for a healthy life which overspills into how we do relationships. And you know, it really doesn't matter the size or grandeur of our kindness. In fact, a commitment to regular daily acts of kindness will have a far greater effect on our positive well-being compared to rarer large acts. It seems that Jesus was right when he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Be kind regularly. It's good for others. It's good for you. But then thirdly, it's one of the most important impacting positive keys to healthy relationships. Psychologists John and Julie Gottman have been studying marriage and relationships for over four decades. Their research has proven that kindness deepens relational connection. Kindness in our words, in our actions, kindness that celebrates the best in everyone. Kindness that is bold yet gentle and thoughtfully sometimes addressing the worst. The Gottmans are unequivocal in their conviction that being mean is the death knell of relationships where kindness glues us together. Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, reveals to us a God who is divinely and beautifully and profoundly kind. Jesus never wrote anyone off, even in the midst of their failures, constantly embracing the marginalised and the rejected, committed to meet both the practical and spiritual needs of thousands, even at the highest possible cost to his own life. And if this isn't challenging enough, Jesus was persistently kind, even in the face of oppression. As he hung crucified in agony with his life slowly ebbing away, enduring the constant laughter and mocking jibes as his enemies enjoyed his demise, Jesus did not return like with like. Even from the cross, he spoke words of kindness over his accusers. He prayed for their forgiveness. He gave them the benefit of the doubt that they didn't know what they were doing. He longed for restoration more than revenge. By the Holy Spirit, may we know the kindness of God growing in us and pouring out of us into all of our relationships. So the next time you're fiercely tempted to criticize, condemn, or worse still, express contempt for someone, hold fire. Think again. Don't, upsay, don't end up saying or doing something you might live to regret. Choose a different path. Follow the way of Christ. Allow the Holy Spirit to help you be more like Jesus. Don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. For goodness sake, be kind.